0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my buddy and co-host Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. As always, we are your morning show for any hour. Vic,
1: how are you doing? Hello Mary Catherine. We this is a it's it's a packed week as you know and heading into the holidays, so today was particularly very busy. It's for Catholics it's a holy day of obligation, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, so I went to the 9 a.m. mass, which turns out to be the school mass. Nice. So all the kids are there. And I'm not saying that these kids are saints. You know, I know all kids are bad, but they're so, at church, you look around from a distance, not as a teacher, from and not as a student, because I remember what that was like. They're so well-behaved. They're like little angels. They raise their hand to answer questions oh, about nice. Adam and Eve and stuff like that. And it, it, it was very nice. And so doing that, and then I've got to go to... uh. Uh, my son's uh, Christmas concert tonight, all the way out in Silver Spring, which Ooh. is like that's like about five hours from Arlington, I think.
0: <laughs> in Washington, driving, yes, that is yes, five hours to, if, away. If you go
1: to the like the beltway, it's it's horrendous. And so that's been going on. But I'm again, like I said the other day, trying to focus on the Advent Christmas spirit, what matters most, which may, means I also went to confession. Now, really quickly. As a good Catholic, went to confession for the Advent season. I do not go to the church I also attend. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Jonathan, alas, uh, is the same thing. Don't you, you never got, want to do that? You got to silo mistake. these things. Yeah, you do. You do. So I go in there, and this particular church, it's it's fine. It's a little bit hippy dippy. They the pastor is this short little Filipino priest. Nice, nice, very sweet fellow. Anyway, I walk into the place for the confession. There was an old couple there. The man turns to me and says, "Oh, hiya, Father." <laughs> I was like, "Nope, not the not, priest. I'm not that one." No, I, I mean, I'm kind of curious, like what your sins are. Like, I'd go in there. I was like, "Okay, come on, let's go in," but I couldn't do it. And I just looked at him. I said, "Hi." hi. Yes, even priests have to go to confession. That's. I just didn't. I didn't say anything. I was like, "Hello," and then another priest came in
0: big of you not to take advantage of that frankly
1: it happens i'll that, just say that it happened and this has happened to me before
0: that truly is the spirit of of the advent season that, is that you didn't spirit. take advantage yes. of this
1: poor person and, and and not number one and number two not being sort of outwardly offended and not offended by his racism but his heightism <laughs> because that other that priest is short Okay, I know I'm not the tallest guy. I get that. Yeah. But this priest is. Oh, come on, man.
0: Yeah, Vic's I'm like, I'm, I'm
1: pushing average over here. That well, guy, least, that guy's actually at short. At least, at least five seven, <laughs> depending on what I'm wearing. You know. So, I mean, honest to goodness, that was the part that hurt me the most. Like, am I that short? Okay. How How are you? And are you still fired up?
0: I'm good. I'm. I think I'm less fired up than I was the other day. Mm-hmm. But we're we're gonna get to something that I am fired up about. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that your priorities. Are in order. Mine are, mine are probably somewhat in question. As I have noted, I've been I've been very nesty as as ladies yes. get in, in later pregnancy, and that has meant a lot of Christmas decorating. In fact, over my shoulder, because we're doing the show from home today, you can see my, my decorative pillows. And those aren't just decorative pillows in a main bedroom. No, 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 Vic. No, no, no. They're decorative pillows for, for Christmas. Christmas themed in yes. the guest room.
1: Are you, are you yes go well, ahead well my
0: parents are coming up ah. and i had to get it all set for them and above them is a lit wreath above the bed as well it is a
1: oh my we are we are goodness. all in okay yes i first thought that you were so in the christmas spirit that you had the the empty room in in, in festive in, in in festive decor if you will you know, in order to welcome the spirit of Christmas well, into that room.
0: Honestly, I would have done it either way. The spirit way. can stay there. I would have done it either way, but my parents yeah. gave me a deadline. So that was helpful. There's also some Christmas village on my desk. So we got that going on. You but say I, there's
1: some. There's some Christmas village. No,
0: I told you. I, I told you. I yes. subdivided the Christmas village. It's not all in one yes. place, it's on various floors. Yeah. But I do have this problem because I'm not a. Uh, I don't always I don't always follow through immediately on my projects. And so I have like two <laughs> you? Piles. what? I know, I know. I have two piles of wreaths downstairs in target boxes with suction cups next to them because they're gonna eventually be hung somewhere, but they haven't been hung yet. Now that's partly on Home Depot, because they did not get me those suction cups in a timely manner. However, that's sitting out. There's a couple of other things staged around the house. And having things staged around the house is probably Steve's worst nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was is... <laughs> going to say, you could easily ask Steve to just do it, but I have a feeling you want to do it yourself.
0: No, I actually, the hanging the wreaths outside, I do want him to do. But again, okay. we had a suction cup delay. All right. There was a lot of drama with from from yes. whence the suction cups came it was like Santa on Christmas Eve. They couldn't get here in, a, in an efficient manner, and he, you know, he had to fly from the North Pole. It was a whole thing. So now they a, are here. Santa
1: supply chain problem.
0: Yes. So now they're here, and we will eventually get to that. But of course, I'm going out of town for this fancy event today. Yes. And so we can't do it right now. You know what's going to happen is I'm going to leave him here, and my dad's going to be like, this is a signal that I am to hang wreaths.
1: Yes. He will take that upon himself. Which was not my
0: intention, but it might happen.
1: It's going to happen, and I think it'll be just fine. No, I mean, but for certain things in the house, for example, Kate is this way, and she says her mother was this way, which is, you know, the idea of having all the kids put their decorations on the tree is just totally anathema for the actual official tree. She's got to do it herself. Her mother did it, and she's doing it. Do you think at some point when your kids get older, you're going to have them, the girls helping you or are you, you still want to do it your way?
0: So I usually have them help me. And this year they oh, weren't, they weren't sweet. Well, in my, in my family, this is, in I have to pay the, I have to pay the price in my home. I have oh. to pay the price for what I did to my mother, which is that we stubbornly would never let her have a pretty tree. Like never. Oh. She oh. wanted, all she wanted was some nice, classy white lights and some semi-matching yes. ornaments, yeah. and we refused until like late teen years, and even like gone oh to gosh. college to re- to relinquish control over this wow. tree. And we were oh like, "No, God. you have to put our dumb clay ornaments on there and our terrible crafts yes. from 1986." <laughs> Great crafts. So so many crafts Craft ornaments, and yeah. <laughs> and we just refused to let go, and. As a result, my mother would sulk about the Christmas tree every year. and So I've gotten a dose of my own medicine because, you know, we had a very ugly tree 2 years ago and I You'd... sort of had a legendary breakdown about it.
1: Because you when you walk in, you look you you go right for where is my ornament? Is that what you do well, when no, you look you at just... the tree? Where did you put it? Cuz you know all the craft ornaments go on the back side.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I mean they should. <laughs> So, this year this year I ended up with an accidentally very classy tree. It was entirely by accident. The kids were not super interested in decorating. When they did, they did a fine job, and we ended up with a smattering of ornaments that sort of matched and it's got this like red, white and blue theme to it and it's very pretty.
1: And Can I ask uh, you a can I ask you a deeply personal question? Sure. Real or fake? Real. Oh, good.
0: Always good. real. Good.
1: Yeah. Good. Same. And it is a Since I've been married.
0: Like not not it is a giant pain in the ass. A real, tr- <laughs> it's oh. a huge pain and it's so worth it in the end. It's,
1: it is. it just- is You know, it doesn't, my mother and my father used to say all the time, oh, you got to have to clean up all the pine needles and the hassle of getting it in and this, that. but they just never had done it. Okay. I mean, Bob, yep. they came from the Philippines. They're not doing trees. You know, what are you going to do? Coconut <laughs> tree, you know, so uh, a palm tree. So they didn't do that. But when it finally happened, I said, you know, I said, Kate, you're in charge. Just tell me what to do. And brace for the worst, you go in there, not bad. Now, Keep it's, the tree watered. You could often find she knows what to look for in a good tree. It holds up to the point for when when it's time to bring the tree out, you know, after, you know, Christmas is over. You know, it still looks like a good tree. Oh. And ours, the, the tree saying, I'm, I'm not ready to go. You know Ours usually
0: looks like a good tree, but then you touch it and it's like, Oh, it falls <laughs> <laughs> looks yeah. looks pretty good till the end. Yeah, At any rate, but I do think some of the some of the pain in the butt is the beauty of the season. Like you, I remember yeah. all those fights we had as children with my mother, <laughs> and now yes, I have to pay the price occasionally because I do let the children be involved. But this year, I lucked out; got a really got a really beautiful tree.
1: So excellent.
0: Yeah, that's what's going on. And if I can get this staged stuff staged stuff out of the way, everyone yeah. will be happy. So
1: wonderful.
0: That's what's going on. Good All right. luck. Shall we to the news? Let's do it. Okay. I have a, I have a couple of things. We're going to talk about Georgia. We're going to talk about more some Twitter files. And then just I'm going to add the content warning now because we're going to talk about the Loudoun County school situation, which does have some non- oh non-family non friendly material in it. That is um, awful stuff. I mean, I've already said the word ass like three times, but you know what That's I'm okay. saying, guys. Yep. Oh, also... And this is not related to what I just said. Thanks to the lovely Kate Mattis for offering a beautiful oh. dress to me for the holiday season. Me. So Vic will be charged with bringing that into the office, <laughs> so I can grab yes. that from him.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm going to put it in some sort of a concealed container, so I'm not like carrying the dress. Just so you know, and as good. She keeps these things in great condition too. So oh, I believe uh, it. Give it a try. That's all we're going to say. Give it a try.
0: Kate seems like a person who finishes the projects that she starts. Um,
1: The ones that she does, yes. So
0: let's talk about Georgia, where Herschel Walker was defeated for the Senate seat by Raphael Warnock, the incumbent, in making, making both seats once again for the Senate from the state of Georgia blue. Terribly unexpected. I thought... Look, my my contention was that Herschel Walker doesn't lose in the state of Georgia in a red year. The year didn't end up being that red. So that's part of it. But he also was an outlier in Georgia. Every other state office. Yeah. Republicans won by a margin of like plus four to eight.
1: That's right. There's this whole talk about, oh, and I think Warnock said it himself, we're turning Georgia blue. It's that particular seat against right. that particular candidate. So it's it's easy to say, you know, oh, you know, it's, it, it's just happening this way and it has nothing to do with, you know, the candidate itself. It's all these other factors. You can say it's early voting, for example. And, and, for example, with early voting, it's true. It's something like 52% of Democrats took advantage of early voting versus 39% of Republicans. But at the end of the day, as you mentioned, the margin of victory... For Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, all the way down the Republican slate is very different than that one candidate, which leads me to ask, what could that difference have been, Mary Catherine?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think as we've seen over and over again, a combination of candidate quality plus alignment with Trump has delivered not so great results for Republican candidates. One of the things that I think is helpful about this, perhaps for both parties, But particularly for the Republicans, is watching Oz, a very different kind of candidate than Herschel Walker, obviously. Yeah. And Herschel Walker both lose these very important seats. Is the idea that celebrity is not the shortcut to this, to this, to national office that Mm -hmm. it has been for a short period of time. And I think that is important because it is likely very true that a run of the mill candidate who was a little more experienced and disciplined and handled whatever scandal might come upon him better than Herschel Walker did, probably would have come out with a wind here because, as you noted, and I'll just run down the list, in the state of Georgia in 2022, Governor, R plus 8, Republicans up 8 in that race, Lieutenant Governor, R plus 5, Secretary of State, R plus 9, Attorney General, R plus 5, Ag Commissioner, R plus 8, something else commissioner, which I don't even know, R plus 8, State School Superintendent, R plus 8, Commissioner of Labor, R plus seven. So I actually understated it in my first discussion of that. And the Senate will be D plus two to four. I mean, that's that's a problem with that one race. And Republicans do need to get on the ball when it comes to early voting, because we've, you know, with Trump at the helm, have spent several years convincing Republicans that they shouldn't early vote or mail vote when they should, Mm -hmm. especially because a lot of them are rural and it would be pretty easy for
1: them. It is worth remembering that Trump's trying to downplay the defeat. And I'm sure that, and Trump and his supporters are trying to say that it's not his fault. It's Mitch McConnell's fault and not enough. I know Laura Ingram, for example, she was on Fox saying the same thing that none of the Republicans, none of these great Republican leaders decided to come down and support this great candidate, Herschel Walker. First of all, was not the most ideal candidate, but we do want to go back to Trump and what he said, because he is a a Trump candidate and was... Trump said, wouldn't it be fantastic if the legendary Herschel Walker ran for the United States Senate in Georgia and he would be unstoppable, he said. There's no vetting going yeah. on. And, and, and yeah, and, and, I know, and, 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 you know, Herschel Walker, you know, was a hero and loved by many in your state. We've talked about this in previous episodes. There's no question about that. But not the most ideal candidate. And there was a lot of dirt that was being dug up on him for a long time. And then after Trump pushes for Herschel Walker, then he's gone. Yep. And Trump, as you know, has raised hundreds of millions of dollars since he left office. And only a trickle actually gets to these candidates. Yeah,
0: see, that's the thing about the McConnell blaming, where it's like, well, you can see who's spending what. And McConnell yep. was spending, and Kemp, the ultimate anti-Trump, you know, the sort of the, the, the other side of the Trump coin, Kemp in Georgia... Ran an incredibly good campaign. Yeah. Had a very good ground game. Gave that ground game to the mm-hmm. Walker campaign. Meanwhile, NRSC and Trump, NRSC was spending, but the money that they were getting for Herschel Walker's campaign was often a pass through that took a lot of money off the top yeah. while McConnell was spending money. So like, I don't, I don't see it in the facts of the case.
1: Yeah. I get
0: I cannot be convinced of this one.
1: No. And the people do want to look into, for example, the people meaning within the Republican Party want to look at what happened with the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee and Rick Scott and all that money and how hundreds of millions of dollars were spent, you know, at the end of the summer, for example. But at the end of the day, it made a very big difference for Republicans to lose this seat because even though people were saying, well... You know, the Democrats have control with Kamala Harris as vice president as the tiebreaker. They were actually, you know, split in the committee's 50-50. Yeah. Now and they now actually
0: have control. Yes.
1: The implications uh, for the bench are going to be horrendous because they are going to cram through a ton of probably very bad, if you're a conservative, very bad judges.
0: Well, and again, like this is the, what is this, the the- the second time now we've done, well, it feels like so many times because there are runoffs every time. But look, I think that the Senate seats in Georgia were likely to have the opportunity to go blue in the next decade yeah. anyway. I think that the the Trump messaging on this precipitated or like sped up that process tremendously a couple of years ago when we had to do the runoff. And he's like, your votes don't matter. That's- that is a problem. And then in this case, if you look at the numbers, Republicans turned out. They've turned out in every other race. They outpaced Democrats in every Mm -hmm. other race, but they just weren't willing to pull the lever for Walker, who, as I've said, you know, my judgment is clouded on him, but I always, I always, I always was like, look, he's a very good back, but candidate, (laughs) I don't know. Now, like I said, had it been the red wave we thought it was, I don't think the candidate quality would have mattered. He would have been brought over by the wave, but that did not happen. So you have to, you have to answer for that. Then we have, speaking of who takes blame for this? How does the current head, a current chair of the RNC, Ronna run run. Romney Romney McDaniel, justify sticking around?
1: Yeah, this you know usually the people in charge have to uh, fall on their swords in these situations and but as you know lately people tend to not do that anymore. I remember after the nineteen ninety four Republican wave, the first thing that happened. Was I guess it was the head of the the National Democratic Campaign Committees, and it was I believe it was Dave Wilhelm. He mm-hmm. was I think that was his name. Dave Wilhelm was out. He was out. You know what I mean? That was the first thing: is we need we need change. We need to figure out what what the heck happened here, and all we know is that you're at the helm presiding over this terrible loss. And in this case, again, with all the economic indicators at play, with how horrible the administration is, when you think about Afghanistan, you think about the border. This should have been a, an easy layup. Yes. I mean there's it's it's a no-brainer. And so I hope she is challenged but by the right people. So I'm thinking about Lee Zeldin, for well, example. Well,
0: unfortunately, Zeldin just now announced that he is not going to seek Oh,
1: you're kidding me. That
0: seat? Okay, He's... so
1: I guess Mike Lindell, good. That's good. We're going in the right direction.
0: But yeah, no, I think you're I think you're right that like this this should have been a big wins year. And if leadership doesn't change, then no one has learned anything. And what should be the benefit of a big wins year that turns into a sort of underwhelming year is that it's short-term pain, but you learn some long-term lessons. That's what you should get out of it. And if there is no change, then you're not getting that out of it. By the way, I do think it's interesting because in Georgia, the Democrats won this marquee race, which is getting Raphael Warnock back in the Senate, which is super, super important. Yeah. They will not be examining what happened in the rest of the races in Georgia. They are they no. are assiduously avoiding that. And in fact, Stacey Abrams, who was running for governor and lost to Kemp by eight points, pretty big blowout. Her campaign manager launched a 52-tweet thread explaining how Abrams was this strong and amazing martyr that allowed Warnock to get this win.
1: She did the heavy lifting. <laughs> yes. It was, yeah, she made it possible.
0: Yeah. So I don't think that the party there is probably learning the lessons that they are supposed to learn either. So well, the race to the ask, bottom continues.
1: Yeah. Let, let me ask you about this, Mary Catherine, since we're on the topic of Stacey Abrams. I thought that with all with the Democrats winning the very important races in, in the Senate, for example, with Raphael Warnock and voter suppression is a thing of the past.
0: Oh well it turns out you'd be wrong about that, Vic. Oh. Let's let's play a little clip. We've got incredible turnout. Democrats win. This is Karine Jean Pierre being asked about what was the state formerly known as Jim Eagle State. <laughs> What? How do we? How do we reconcile
1: this? So called it um, Jim Crow in the 21st century and a blatant attack on the Constitution. So does he still see it that way? I'll say
0: this: I'm not going to speak to the Department of Justice uh, legal uh, actions. That's something for them to uh, to speak to. Uh, what I can say and uh not not going to get into specifics of your question
1: but you guys you all reported this that there was uh suppression uh that uh that that we saw that uh throughout uh through that, throughout the the Georgia election.
0: So that is something that was been reported on. So I leave it to those reports. Uh but look even with that the American people came out. Mhm. Okay. So that's a nice way that the The press and and the White House working together once again to cook up a smear that this new voting regime would be Jim Eagle, Jim Crow in the 21st century. It was, of course, not. It's it's quite a bit more liberal and expansive than many liberal states and what they offer. But everyone just ignored that because they wanted to go after Georgia. And now the argument from the left and from the White House and from Warnock himself is if we lose its suppression... And if we win, it's in spite of suppression, which it's is a win-win. Very clearly not true, from what you can That's see right. on the ground here.
1: That's right. Let's remember during this whole battle over the Voting Rights Act in Georgia that Major League Baseball moved. Was it the playoffs or was it the? It was the. it was the, yeah, the, the pl- All Star Game. The All Star Game. I'm sorry, they moved the All Star Game to Col- De- Denver. Is that where they moved it to, to Denver? Yeah, the, to, yeah, to Denver, to,
0: Colorado, for, to, to a more a state. restrictive.
1: state. That's exactly right to say that. But it didn't matter. because I believe again, it was, believe it was a state.
0: Uh, it was a state with less early voting. And, of course, Delaware, where Joe Biden from whence Joe Biden hails is far more restrictive than yeah. Georgia is. Yeah. But but it these doesn't things matter. Don't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about it. The whole point is, let's go after Georgia and the Georgia Republicans. And then a- as we see now, the turnout, of course, is, you know, higher than ever. And so. The message that they want to convey to you is just because more people voted doesn't mean the vote was suppressed, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the other thing you notice is they're throwing this out there as just a every time they talk about the election, a little tiny throwaway line, which is, yeah. you know, yes, we're glad it, you know, we're glad that our candidate won and democracy was saved. Yeah. They keep on you know saying what, this now. This is like a recurring. This is the thing. So every time you think about it, vote for the, vote for the Democrats to save democracy is the new thing.
0: You know what it sounds like a little bit to me. Election denialism? (laughs) Sounds a little bit like that. They've never
1: engaged in that. I
0: know that doesn't count because it's them, but all right. And then we'll just get a little piece of Herschel Walker's concession just because it's totally normal and nice. And uh, we like to we like to reward that behavior.
2: And also I'm going to acknowledge my wife, Julie, because she's uh, with me and she's been through a tough time. But I want to say that I want to thank all you as well, because we've had a tough journey, have we not? But one of the things I said is, when they called the race, I said the numbers doesn't look like they're going to add up. But one of the things I want to tell all of you is, you never stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop believing in America. I want you to believe in America and continue to believe in the Constitution and believe in our elected officials, most of all. Continue to pray for them because all the prayers you've given me, I felt those prayers. I want to thank all my team as well, Team Herschel, because they put up with a lot. I want to thank Team Herschel. Thank all my donors as well, because you guys, without you, I couldn't have done what I've done. So I want to thank all of you as well, because there's no excuses in life. And I'm not going to make any excuses now, because we put up one heck of a fight. And I said, that's what what we got to do, because this is much bigger. This is much bigger than Herschel Walker. And I told, I told someone this the other day. I said, you guys, I've done a lot of stuff. Uh, you talk about Heisman Trophy. You talk about all the athletic awards, business awards i won. But the best thing I've ever done in my whole entire life is run for the Senate seat right here.
0: So that's Georgia. And that's the Senate wrapped up for 20, 2022. Not yeah. the way that I thought it would go. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Peep, I
1: was. <laughs> peep, no, yeah, I know. It's... Uh... What do we say on our show? You you hate to see it, or no? Is it you, hate to see- <laughs> <laughs> you love you, you love, love to, to see it? I don't. Lo- well, I don't love to see this for us, Mary Catherine. I
0: don't I mean, love it, I mean, but so. I I do think it's important to admit when you were wrong, and I was wrong about this one. So there we go. We all
1: were. Same here. <laughs> I I know, and I know. By the way, with that concession speak, speech, everyone got worked up because he had said that you know running for the Senate was the best thing he ever did, and they talk about his family, and it's I get it, okay, yeah, but you know he's in front of all these supporters. And those campaign people, they work, they work very hard, as you know, you know, night and day. And then your guy loses, you know, he, he just wants you to know, hey, yes. I know that you did a lot of hard That's I what appreciate,
0: it is. I appreciate what you did.
1: Yes. Yeah. that That's all it is. Let's not look into it any more than that. And I just want to say I, I wish him the best of luck to him and his family and all his many children. <laughs> Sorry. Okay.
0: As many children as he has carries. Oh, okay. Oh. That's incorrect that's not that's not a correct stat not, just, it's just it's FYI. It's okay close, the Twitter files continue. Twitter files of course is the sort of unveiling of the back channeling during the suppression and censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 and on the eve of the election, which was undertaken by Twitter the reasons for it sort of backfilled and made up as they went along because it's very clear in those communications that this is deemed a bad story for Biden. They were probably a little freaked out from 2016 when some of those leaked emails about Hillary started causing trouble for her on the eve of that election. They're like, whoa, 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 we're not going to let this happen again. So they used extraordinary measures, including those reserved normally to protect from letting people share child pornography, to clamp down on this New York Post scoop that has since been proven accurate. It was a pretty notable moment, I think, in the history of American journalism. American journalists do not agree with me. They think it was totes fine. But we have the continued release of this information. And among the information that we've found is that a a man named Jim Baker, as you note, not the former Secretary
1: of State. The televangelist, wasn't that the televangelist? Another
0: another Jim Baker, who's former FBI, was part of the team at Twitter during I guess during when this happened as well, right? During when yes. the Hunter Biden story happened, he was he was counsel at Twitter, and then he also became part of letting these documents out under the Elon Musk's Elon under Elon Musk's leadership. And at some point, the independent journalists Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, getting this information from Twitter, asked, "Who is sending these to us? Who's Who's Baker or no? Who's Jim?" Jim. says Jim Baker. And they go, Are you AY? What is the? I I don't want to say it. AYFKM?
1: Yes. (laughs) AYFKM?
0: That's what they say to themselves. Because I'll I'll read you a little bit from Jonathan Turley's column. As thousands of Twitter documents are released on the company's infamous censorship program, much has been confirmed about the use of back channels by Biden and Democratic officials to silence critics on the social media platform. However, one familiar name immediately popped out in the first batch of documents released through journalist Matt Taibbi, James Baker. For many, James Baker is fast becoming the Kevin Bacon of the Russia collusion scandal. <laughs> Baker has been featured repeatedly in the Russia investigations launched by the Justice Department, including the hoax involving the Russian Alpha Bank when Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman wanted to plant the bizarre false claim of a secret communications channel between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin. Baker was his go-to speed dial contact. Baker's name also appeared prominently in controversies related to the other Russian-related FBI allegations against Trump. He was effectively forced out to, due to his role and reportedly found himself under criminal investigation. He became a defender of the Russian investigations despite findings of biased and even criminal contact conduct. He was a frequent target of Donald Trump on social media, including Twitter. Baker responded with public criticism of Trump for his false narratives. After the FBI, Twitter picked him right up. Twitter picked him yeah, right guess, up. Where, where, he, where he, oh, surprise, surprise, blames the Hunter Biden laptop story on possible Russian disinformation.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess they were, the, the finalists were James Baker and uh, Peter Strzok, and they couldn't decide who, which one. Who can we get? I don't know. What, <laughs> they ended what, up with James what Baker.
0: unassailable public servant can we yeah. hire?
1: Let me say this. For once, I was Ahead of the game because last episode I mentioned James Baker indeed. having worked there because of his ba- Actually, and his background. How yes?
0: Can we put this one in your in your record of deaths because this professional? Oh, this is a professional death. This is <laughs> professional takedown.
1: I um, do do that by the way. I do professional it does count? Professional deaths. He has do do James
0: that. Baker has since been fired by Twitter because Musk <laughs> and the two journalists working working on this realized that he might be soft peddling and or covering right. up some That's of the right. things that they That's are right. they are
1: meaning to release. Oh, my goodness. So- all I had to do was utter his name. <laughs> the the the, fu- the funny thing is, so we talked about how, you know, the inappropriateness of having somebody at like James Baker, who was with Comey at the FBI and was then deputy general counsel for Twitter involved in all these operations. What I did not know, what we did not know, of course, was that the release of the Twitter files was something that he was also overseeing, and that was the big yeah. news that Matt Taibbi was talking about. About the reason why these things were coming out in a trickle, it's not him, but rather the mysterious Jim. And uh, when they have to, ha- when they had this exchange of Jim, Jim, who, the first thing that I thought of is the great scene in Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and and Igor has to get the the brain of Hans Delbrook, but right. in fact. He drops the brain, so he gets the abnormal brain, mm-hmm. and after after they put it into Peter Boyle's body and this whole thing, and Gene Wilder says, "You know, who's? It's clearly not Hans Delbrick's brain. Whose brain was it?" And Marty Feldman says, "Abby, Abby, someone. You know, yeah, Jim, Jim, who? Ah, Jim, Jim, someone, Jim, you someone, Jim, uh, uh, someone, and it's Jim Baker. So, uh, yeah. What, what's interesting is the only the the pushback, the defense of this, by the way, is well. He's general counsel. Of course, he's going to look at it, mm-hmm. and that there's no other issue of conflict of interest, really.
0: Well, you know, it's also from a, from a from an American journalist's point of view. It's really nice to have him involved in all of these stories because he's really he's really a veteran of disinformation yeah. at this yeah, point, so and by knows. that I mean that by that I mean disseminating disinformation from official spaces and places yeah. of power repeatedly. So you know, he he actually is a disinformation expert, just not in the way that he would fancy himself. Right. So he has since been fired. The Twitter files will continue to be released. I believe Barry Weiss gets the second crack at this. Through your friend Barry Weiss. And that will be good to learn. We're also learning along the way that, yes, indeed, no one in American journalism cares about censorship of of a major American newspaper on the eve of an election for political reasons. Nobody cares. Oh, that's the other thing, by the way. Remember how we were talking about this has no... The, the argument was, this has no connection to government, so who cares? First of all, I reject that. Censoring is bad regardless, especially of a true story, especially when it's pretty large on the eve of an American election. However, uh, the guy who was in charge of the censorship regime, they call it something else like content and safety or something, but who was fired by Musk recently, was speaking about this and admitted that he was meeting with the DOJ weekly at some points to be told what to shut down. Now, if that doesn't stick pretty closely to criminal behavior, we have a problem. We have a
1: problem. Yeah. And again, as we often like to bring to light on our show, if this were happening under a Trump Justice Department, would the media be fine with that?
0: Well, when lefty, I, speech, I don't is, think so. when lefty speech is suppressed, it is a crisis. And we have yeah. to worry about that a great deal if there's any hint of it. And when righty speech is repressed, it's like, pfft, thank God, yeah, thank God, we have right, been because- sp- democracy has been saved.
1: Well, it's democracy the spirit of Mark. Been- it's the spirit of Margaret Sullivan, if you remember, the ombudsman no longer of the Washington Post, who had said, you know, enough of this both side stuff. It's yeah. our side versus them. As journalists, you need to take a position. This is this is a battle. This is a fight. To save well, democracy. And look, I don't even, and we're I don't even right and care.
0: I don't even care if journalists take a position. Like, be honest with me about it and take your position. Just yep. don't tell me I can't argue against it, which is yep. what happened in the case of the Hunter Biden story. You were welcome to say that this was a nothing burger. I think you would have right. been wrong. I think there was plenty of evidence in there of influence peddling and bad things going on that yep. probably Biden knew about himself. However, Parsing that and sifting through it is what we do in a free society. And they were like, nah, we're not gonna do that. Nah, we're not gonna do it. But you know what? It's okay because we can always trust the media, right? Oh. (laughs) I have bad news for you, Vic. What do you got,
1: Mary Catherine?
0: Oh, do you remember the Loudon County story? Oh in 2021.
1: Tell do tell remind our listeners about this.
0: Back in 2021, and I've you know I believe we spoke about it on a couple occasions. Loudoun County was sort of the 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 central lightning bolt or yeah, lightning lightning rod county for sort of culture war and education and school closings and transgender bathrooms and all all the discussions that were being had. School board
1: meetings and parents
0: sort of exploded in Loudon County, and if you'll remember, Glenn Youngkin made this parental rights, a theme of his campaign, which he won in 2021 in Virginia to become governor. And I remember lefties saying, uh, some, some political cons- consultant saying, <clears throat> oh my gosh, he's doing an, a rally in Loudoun County on the eve of this election. This is not going to, this is not going to work. He's not getting anything in Northern Virginia, but he was because parents felt deeply betrayed by the machinations of their school board. Now, here's where this started. In 2021, let me just read from the Washington Post. This is yeah. reporter Hannah Natanson, mm-hmm. who is our who is effectively the local reporter on this beat in 2021, June of 2021. The Loudoun County Public Schools Board cut short the public comment section of a school board meeting Tuesday after a large crowd of unruly attendees refused to obey several orders to quiet down in a disruption leading to one arrest. Many of the speakers were there to express support or opposition for a draft school policy that would require teachers to address transgender students by their names and pronouns, as well as grant transgender students access to facilities and activities that match their gender identity. Loudoun is pursuing the policy in accordance with a recently passed state law, blah, blah, blah. Loudoun County Loudoun School spokesman Wade Bayard said attendees at the meeting held in, the pers- in person at the school system's administrative offices in Ashburn, Virginia, engaged in, quote, loud public demonstrations that violated the decorum of the meeting. Bayard said school board chair Brenda Sheridan warned the crowd several times to lower their voices and referenced a school board policy that requires members of the public speaking at school board meetings to refrain from vulgarity, obscenities, and profanity or other breaches of respect for the dignity of the school board. That was 2021.
1: By the way, uh, let me just say this. Yeah. If I were on the school board, I think my recommendation I would have probably gone straight to justice department and see if we can get some FBI guys to uh, monitor the school board meetings and yeah. maybe keep a list of names. Well, That's my thought. It's
0: fun- funny that you say that because a man arrested at this meeting, one Scott Smith, was charged with disorderly con- conduct. I think it was about a year before those mm-hmm. uh, those charges were eventually dropped. Charged with disorderly conduct. Was held on the ground. He became a viral video because of the altercation with law enforcement involved. The Atlantic listed that picture of him on the ground as, as one of the one of the best picks of the best journalism of 2021. And he is identified, they wanted to do
1: it. That's why. Yeah.
0: Right. And he's identified as a, you know, just a parent who's super mad about transgender bathrooms. That's mm-hmm. what he was identified yeah. as. Well, it turns out that that's not what he was. We knew that shortly after the incident. What he actually was, was the father of a young woman. And this is where your content warning comes in. The father of a young woman who was raped in a bathroom in a Loudoun County school. And he could not get answers or accountability from the school board or the school about this incident. So he ended up going public after this to explain, like, I'm the guy who was arrested. The media and the school board are smearing me as some sort of right-wing crazy yeah. who's just mad about something that's basically not related to this when I'm trying to get answers about this sexual assault, this very serious yeah. sexual assault. And they sort of strong-armed, or they, they kept him at arm's length, they told him it was nothing, they gaslit him. And by the way, the, the closing quote of this 2021 Washington Post coverage of this, these these politically motivated antics ought to end, but if they don't, Know that they will not delay our work, says the school board. Well, our it turns work out. To
1: torment parents and kids. Yes.
0: It turns out the school Fast board. Fast forward just,
1: to 2022.
0: The, the school board just full of it in every way possible. <laughs> so after Yunkin and Jason Miaris, who's the attorney general in Virginia, yeah. are elected in 2021, thank goodness. By the way, no, we would have none of these answers had parents like Scott Smith not been loud about it had Yunkin and Miara's not been elected.
1: Definitely. At
0: which point in January of 2022, they're like, hey, we need an investigation of this. Mm -hmm. So an investigation begins. There's a grand jury investigation and the report just came out this week. It's a 91 page report about what actually did go down. And it turns out parents had a really good reason to be upset. So. A special grand jury. This is this is Hannah Natanson again, not acknowledging Uh any of the the incorrect reporting from before, but just just covering this.
1: Yeah. Who remembers anyway?
0: Yeah. A special grand jury has released a report condemning Loudoun County Public Schools officials for their handling of a pair of sexual assaults committed by the same student last year that drew significant attention and anger. Two, you say. Yes, there were two. Here's why there were two, because there was one at the first school that Scott Smith and others tried to bring attention to. And then they transferred this kid who has since been found guilty in juvenile court of this. It's a different term, but found guilty is basically the, the same thing. Convicted in juvenile court. He was then transferred to another school where he proceeded to get into trouble. And even though the school board and others had this information about him, that he had been involved in this other attack, it did not get communicated to the school. The school did not deal proactively with the trouble he got in over there with things he said to students and ways he made them uncomfortable and touched them. And he then abducted, took to a bathroom and assaulted another young woman at this other school. So there are two assaults now. Back to Hannah Nadenson. The investigation was authorized by Glenn Youngkin and J- Jason Meares in early January in a 91-page report published Monday, the jury concluded that Loudoun administrators badly mismanaged the sexual assaults because of incompetence and a lack of interest in the events. The jury also found that there was no coordinated cover-up of the assaults between Loudoun County, Loudoun School officials, and the school board, as some had alleged. Instead, the school board has mostly kept, was mostly kept in the dark about the assaults the jury found, and the jury concluded the incident demonstrated a lamentable breakdown of communication amongst multiple parties. The report also says, so note, this is not a coordinated cover-up, except also Loudoun County School Superintendent Scott Ziegler lied about the incident at a June 2021 board meeting denying a sexual assault had occurred in a school bathroom when he knew such an assault had taken place. A witness involved said this was a bald-faced lie. And then it, the report goes on to say, we believe that throughout this ordeal, LCPS, that's Loudoun County Public Schools Administrators, We're looking out for their own interests instead of the best interests of LCPS. This invariably led to a stunning lack of openness, transparency, and accountability. By the way, also, they went to extraordinary measures to release this report. Grand juries don't usually release reports, but they did because they found that the, the handling of this was so egregious that in order to get it changed for the future, they needed to advertise what had happened here. Further, the report notes, again... Not a cover up, guys, but also the school board and officials repeatedly tried to I think at one point they sued to have this investigation stopped and then they stonewalled these guides repeatedly while they're trying to figure out what happened. So, like, you you make the judgment on intentions here. I don't know.
1: The person to blame is called communication (laughs) <laughs> That's who's to blame? That's the one Communication, person. that Mr. Communication did it again. Mm. Also, Ziegler's defense, you know, how you said it, you know he had lied. He said he misunderstood the question. Mm. that happens all the time. I will say, I remember the immediate pushback, you know against the father of, of this victim, and I was sickened because there was some excitement from the other side saying, "Ah, it turns out it's consensual." The meeting oh my was gosh, consensual. That's right.
0: I forgot about that.
1: And in fact, the meeting was consensual. The rape was not consensual. Yes. She resisted. She did not want to go do everything that he wanted to do. And this happened. And then in, in the second attack, I believe it was like an, in, in, in an empty classroom, and he he, he choked a girl. Yes.
0: Almost yes. Yeah, you're right. the classroom, and, not bathroom.
1: And as a as a father of a daughter in a Virginia public school, this is horrifying. Yes. And you know there are. There's a real lack of super. There's a supervision problem that's happening in schools because so many uh, teachers have left, and I'm hearing about this a lot. And so in some classrooms, because you know they just you know it was an oversight and there's nobody there, it's just a free for all now. and and this is actually happening in cases. And and again, this is it's it's horrifying.
0: This is the problem throughout. You know, the school closing discussions, the transgender, the gender ideology discussions, the CRT discussions. The idea that in this most egregious case, the parent was made into public enemy number one. By the way, the arrest of Scott Smith was among the precipitating events for the National School Board Association's letter, which using basically nothing... Yeah. Claimed that there was this sweeping problem across the nation of parents raising their voices, which is essentially what it was. Mm-hmm. But they called it they they called it akin to domestic terrorism. Yeah. What was going on at school board meetings, and that this guy who was standing up for his daughter ends up the scapegoat for a year, having to rehabilitate his reputation, while Ziegler and company are just like these things don't really happen here. Yes, they do. And every single part of the judicial system agreed that something egregious had happened here. Here's, by the way, Scott Smith on the
1: report. No, the fact that there's no accountability by name or, you know, any direct indictments for, you know, the the, the mishandling and, you know, the, the reckless endangerment that not only did they put my daughter in, but the whole rest of the school system. You know, it, th- th- this report is scathing. It it tells the public what, unfortunately, we've already been through and been living through up until this moment. They should be scared. They should be scared to send their children to school tomorrow after reading this report.
0: The Loud County School Board, of course, is like, oh, this is such great news that there's nothing criminal here. Yeah. You- okay, do not cling to that, my friends. This is very, very bad. Further, further heartbreaking for this father, by the way, is that Because he couldn't get answers from the school board or the school, and he wanted to protect both his daughter and, it turns out, future victims who materialized later, he had to come forward, which means he inevitably reveals who the underage victim is who's supposed to be protected from this. So you have this perverse situation where the person who committed the crime is protected. His identity we do not know, but definitely you can infer The identity of the daughter of Scott Smith, which is just a consequence of him having to go public with this, which is so he
1: had to do that in order to expose this. Um, That's right. And what you also learn, by the way, that the assailant has had a history of problems and bad behavior in schools. Yes. And in some of these cases receive nothing more than a principal's verbal reprimand.
0: Yes. In fact, when he he went to to the second school before he assaulted someone, he got in trouble for several things and was given a verbal reprimand. That was the mm-hmm. move yeah. they made. And it's just yeah. so, it's a such disregard for student safety. And one last point, and this is at the time of the thing, I was like, look, I'm not sure this has to do with the transgender bathroom policy because these things got brought up around the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the assailant here was wearing a skirt. There was some reporting that he might have been a gender fluid or transgender student. We weren't really sure. At any rate, he was in the women's bathroom for this original assault in a skirt that was corroborated by this report. As a result, parents were sort of talking about this assault and the transgender policy, the transgender bathroom policy, which was about to be passed, which would allow mm-hmm. people to use mm-hmm. facilities based on their mm-hmm. their gender identity, not their biological right. sex. A lot of the media said, haha, these these parents are totally crazy and wrong. This has nothing to do with that. That policy had not been enacted at that point, And therefore, how could it have anything to do with this? Well, it turns out in the report, they find out that the schools thought it had something to do with it. They said Loudoun County officials have repeatedly denied any connection, but the report notes that on May 28th, shortly after the first assault occurred, Loudoun's chief operating officer sent an email to the superintendent and senior staffers scheduling a meeting about the assault. The chief operating officer wrote in his message, That the incident at Stonebridge High School is related to policy 8040, which was this transgender bathroom policy. They tried to figure out what the subject of that meeting was or what went down. And the conclusion that the guys on the grand jury came to was, we believe there's intentional institutional amnesia regarding this meeting. Let Let me theorize for you. What happened here is that there was an assault by a guy in a skirt and or a gender fluid student. In a women's bathroom. The board was pretty invested in being able to pass this new rule that would allow children and to use bathrooms and facilities by gender identity. Therefore, they did not want the mess of this possibly gender fluid situation leading to an assault to have to explain to parents when they passed 80-40. So they had a meeting. That's right. That's just my theory, but I don't think it's crazy discussing how this might detrimentally affect 80-40, the transgender bathroom rule, if they were to be transparent about it. Just putting it out there. Well, you know, I'm, sure a, the story, I'm sure in a year we'll find out that from Hannah Nathanson.
1: They suppress the story for the greater good. There is more important things here than this little incident. So let's just sweep that under the rug. Mary Catherine, you got to go.
2: I gotta, gotta go. go soon. Look, You gotta go soon. Should...
1: You know what that means? you know what that means? Cocaine the, cocaine beer next week. The listeners you know are like, please give us cocaine beer. Right, we're saving it for next week. You know this Christmas this is, this
0: should just be from now on out, every yeah. every show. We're going to oh, intend yeah. to talk about cocaine bear. We're cocaine getting bear, the no, cocaine uh, bear guys.
1: The, the commentary podcast had something similar for like months, where they kept on wanting to talk about long COVID. They just never get around <laughs> to long COVID. It's like, oh, this is going to be a good one. No, cocaine bear is You know gonna, what?
0: Cocaine bear yeah. is going to come for us if we're not careful. Yeah, no.
1: By the time we get to this, cocaine bear will be so angry, will be knocking at our door with a face. We will full of get powder. to it, but I was
0: very. I we just will. needed to explain that story because it's no, such, it's very important. It's such a dereliction of duty. By press, yeah. it's such an it's illustration outrageous. of how parents yeah. were mistreated mm-hmm. in the public eye. And by the way, they'll yeah. they'll still be like, oh, uh, parents were wrong. They were conflating incidents and blah, blah, blah. Hey, guess whose job it is to get everything right? Yeah. Yours, press. It's not actually each individual parent speaking at a meeting. It's yeah. not actually their job. It's your job. And people got it really wrong. I think we tried to get it right on the podcast. And it's symbolic of how you should trust no one but us, which is my new tagline for us.
1: Just no one but us, please. Okay, excellent. I do want to uh, let our listeners know, apology uh, if I seemed either distracted or you heard a noise in the background. It happened to be the, the Leaf Cleanup people had come to the house. We'd been waiting for them. It said, sometime in December. Kate says, no, they're done already. They're done. I said, no, they're coming in December. I don't know when. And it happened to be at the very moment we recorded the show. And, and the big deal was I was anticipating my wife coming downstairs to tell me I needed to move the car from the driveway so they can do all the stuff in the driving. And she didn't, which means, listeners, stay tuned next week to find out, did my wife actually move my car because she doesn't like to drive my Subaru? Or and she never has and refuses. It's too much technology, she says. Or did she <laughs> did she leave it there? Did she leave it? Ben, and da, so there's duh. leaves all over the place. Stay tuned. Real that cliffhanger wraps up a real cliffhanger. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis.
0: I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thanks for being with us. Trust no one but us. Enjoy your week. And this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.